You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. A lot of people, they spend their many months and years usually cycling through their trauma um, and re-experiencing the pain from their trauma because they're trying to hold on to what they lost and what will never be again now that the trauma's occurred. But um, but what I encourage people to look at is that now that this thing, in many ways, terrible thing has happened, it gives you the opportunity to become someone you never were before. And by letting go of that person that you were before, it allows you the opportunity to reinvent yourself. And, you know, if the caterpillar tries to hold on to what it, what it is and what it once was, it will never be that beautiful butterfly that will be able to fly. And I consider flying, I attribute it with freedom, you know, being able to move freely from one place to another. And I, I look at that ability to grow wings to be the ultimate form of transformation. And, and I, I believe that same uh, miraculous ability of transformation is, is possible for us too. The multidimensional intelligence podcast is powered by transform you Institute. Transform You Institute is the newest technology here at Clifton Pettyjohn Enterprises. We will utilize this platform to fulfill the mission of teaching creators how to transform their lives through embracing the entirety of their best selves. It is a game changer in personal development and empowerment. To learn more about TYI, text Transform You to 302-208-9440. Welcome to the Multidimensional Intelligence Podcast. I am your host, your trusted voice of transformation, Clifton Pettyjohn. Join me as I engage in ingenious conversations with top creators from around the world who have embraced their dimensions of intelligence within their professional, personal, and spiritual paths of transformation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Multidimensional Intelligence Podcast. 
where I have conversations with top creators from around the world, and we discuss how they have unlocked the dimensions of their intelligence. Now, you might say, well, how did they unlock the dimension of their intelligence? That's the awesomeness about it, is that everyone has their own story. But I believe that a lot of us can relate to either part of some of their stories, all of some of their stories. We can relate. And if we can get to the space where we can, the space where we can relate, then we can begin to understand and connect with our own personal intelligence. Each and every one of you has a divine intelligence, as Elliot Carlisle says, or you have a personal intelligence. You have an inward intelligence that's connected to your DNA. That intelligence can't be tapped into if you are stuck in a dimension of intelligence that you were taught that you may not fit into. So that's why I'm having these conversations because I want these conversations to begin to unlock, I guess, the portal or, or to begin to introduce you to the portal for you to travel to your own intelligence for you to travel to your own intelligence. And in the midst of you traveling to your intelligence, you'll find out you don't have to go far because it's inside of you. My name is Clifton Petty John. I am your trusted voice of transformation. I teach creators how to transform their lives through embracing the entirety of their best self. And that those multi-dimensions of intelligence are connected to your best self. All right, but let's do our breathing exercises. Take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Oh, that felt so good. One more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. Don't you feel lighter? Don't you feel more aware? Don't you feel more more of purpose? Don't you just feel like now you just can conquer the world? Why? Because you're present. You are present. What breathing did was it caused you to pause for a minute. It caused you to your mind to recalibrate, to forget about everything that you're thinking about from your past, all the energy that you devote to. Well, if I hadn't done this right, if I just said this, if I had just done that, if I, I, I can, if I can just get one more conversation, I'm pulling that energy. We're not feeding that anymore. We're not going to feed that anymore because there's nothing we can do about that anymore, but we're going to bring it to the present. Then we're going to go to that future that we keep hoping for. But the reality is we haven't been present enough to build. So we're going to grab that energy. We're going to merge it with the energy of our past. We're going to merge it with the energy of our present. Grab those three things together. Create that synergy. That synergy is you. That is you. That is the power of who you are. That is your best self. That is you present. And the thing is that you don't know what can be accomplished when you are consistently present because we've only been consistently absent. Now, it might not be all of you, but I know I'm talking to myself and I know I'm talking to a lot of you. A lot of us are consistently absent from the present. So imagine how powerful our minds could be if we could lock our minds here in the present. And we don't have to imagine that. That's the whole purpose of this show. The whole purpose of this show is to keep us focused here on the present. 
So I thank each and every one of you for tuning in. I thank you for your support. I thank you for the reviews. I thank you for the downloads. I thank you for it all. I appreciate you for sharing the podcast. Thank you to my A1 Day Ones, to those who came a little later and have been positive and supportive, even those who may not have a positive uh, review of the podcast, but have taught me something that I could apply to make the podcast even greater. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm forever grateful. So let's get to tonight's show, today's show, whenever you're listening to it. I don't want to hold you very long. All right, everyone, help me welcome Dr. Stephanie Hutchins to the show. Stephanie, how are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much for having me this evening. Awesome. Awesome. Now, listening audience, you know, I'm transparent. I share everything with you guys. This is Stephanie's second appearance on the show, but it's the only one that you guys will see because I forgot to hit record the first time that we came together to record. So I really appreciate her being willing to come back and not just speak to me this time, but speak to the entire audience this time. So let's make sure that we are running the numbers up on this episode and supporting her in whatever way that we are able to support her. All right, Stephanie. So, you know, we start with an icebreaker question. Okay. So the icebreaker question I'm going to choose tonight, I'm looking down here. Let me see. Okay, here we go. If there was a song to describe the current stage of your life, what would that song be and why? Mm. Wow. So, and you know, and I can't even, I can't remember the, um, the, the name of the singer, but, um, the song is called my life actually. And it's, I, I really want to like go and look at it um, because it's really such a powerful, I'm going to look it up literally right now. So your listeners can know, because this is a go-to song um, whenever I need, ah, yes, I knew her name had a, the name Rose. Her name is Pam Rose. And the song is called My Life. And I love this song because it just, reminds me that it's a song about my life and the way I want to live my life um, without having regrets and always just embracing each moment um, and in just, yeah, just living my life to the fullest. And I actually was introduced to this song um, when I was listening to the book. Oh, I'm not going to go and look up something else. Um, the book, um, the one thing. Yeah. The book, the audiobook version of the one thing. And I forget the author's name and I'm not going to go on audible and look it up now, but they actually start off the book with that song. And so I just felt it was very profound in many ways because um, in my coaching practice, we focus a lot on goal setting and chunking goals down and focusing on the one thing that could make the greatest difference in your life, you know, at that moment in time. So I found it to be very fitting that they opened that book with the song. And now whenever I'm just needing sort of a 
and I love singing. I'm not a great singer, but I love singing out loud to the song. And it really is, is a great motivator for me. So I encourage you guys to, to look into it. <laughs> awesome. I've written it down because I'm going to be checking it out after the show. Now, listen, to keep that same theme, now we're going to allow you to introduce yourself in just a few minutes, but to keep the same theme, theme of a song, I'm going to play a game that I have not played on this podcast in forever. And the title of that game is Word Association. So I have three words. I'm going to give you one word at a time, and you can either sing with that uh, song with that word in it, or you can tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you think about the word that I say to you. Okay. 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 <laughs> and just so you know, audience, he's throwing me completely different yes. questions than last time. So I am like, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. You don't have to sing, but you are welcome to sing if you want to. All right. So it's only three words. Sometimes I've done six, I've done eight. So I'm just going to hit you with three because it's kind of like she said, this was not anything that I prepared her for. <laughs> so the first word is goals. Goals. Oh, when I think of goals, I got to say a person's name, Jim Rohn. Um, and so he was not a singer to my knowledge. But when I think of goals, I think of Jim Rohn and he has since passed away. But he is my uh, go to, um, for, you know, business books and, uh, business philosophy books and just books on just how to win at life. And, and I'm a huge fan of goal setting. So, um, even though I never met the man in person, um, he's who I go to when I'm just needing a reminder of, you know, just staying on track and, and, uh, you know, and needing to pivot whenever I need to pivot, I go to him. <laughs> so Awesome. See, see how easy the game is? I was like, oh, no, <laughs> not ready. <laughs> so the second word is meditation. Wow. So meditation, I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of people when I think of these words. So when I think of meditation, the first person that's popping into my mind is Pema Chodron and I'm a huge fan of hers. So, so I am an avid um, listener of audiobooks, and I have hundreds of them um, in my audible account and I love Pema's work. And I am a, she is the one that introduced me to, um, Tan Glenn meditation, which is one of my favorite forms of meditation. And Tan Glenn is a practice where on each in breath, you are taking in the pain and discomfort of someone you're either thinking of in that moment or someone you're in the presence of in the moment. So you breathe in their pain and discomfort and you ex when you exhale you're imagining that you're sending them relief um and it's one of my most favorite forms of of meditation and she's who i learned it um from even though i haven't met her either All, many of my mentors i've never met and yeah so who, she's somebody i associate with meditation <laughs> 
Awesome. Now you bring up a great point there before we get to the last word. You said many of my mentors I have not met. And that is a concept that I try to drive into the lives of many people because sometimes we have become so traditionalized that we feel like we have to physically be able to touch our mentors, not even realizing that all we need to do is listen to their work, read their work, you know, watch them, watch how they move some of the business uh, decisions they made. Uh, if you're in the real estate, some of the real estate moves that they made, that is mentoring 101. So I'm glad you brought that point across. Now, the third word, I think you'll really like this word. This is one of my favorite words. And that word is transformation. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> I love that word too. It's like, uh, and actually it's not a person this time. It's a thing. Whenever I think of transformation, I think of butterflies and I think about how they were created from something entirely different, a caterpillar. And the caterpillar had to completely in many ways dissolve and become another being entirely to transform into a butterfly. And um, I'm, we'll be talking about my book and my work tonight. And my book is called Transformation After Trauma. And, and, you know, I, a lot of people, they spend their many months and years usually cycling through their trauma um, and re-experiencing the pain from their trauma because they're trying to hold on to what they lost and what will never be again now that the traumas occurred. But, um, but what I encourage people to look at is that now that this thing in many ways, terrible thing has happened, it gives you the opportunity to become someone you never were before. And, by letting go of that person that you were before, it allows you the opportunity to reinvent yourself. And, you know, if the caterpillar tries to hold on to what it, what it is and what it once was, it will never be that beautiful butterfly that will be able to fly. And I consider flying, I attribute it with freedom, you know, being able to move freely from one place to another. And I, I look at that ability to grow wings to be the ultimate form of transformation. And, and I, I believe that same uh, miraculous ability of transformation is, is possible for us too. A butterfly can never be if they try to hold on to that previous state that they once were. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing. I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me to the greatness that's inside of me if that's going on that's stagnation as well 
And that's okay. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation to Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck, that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just, I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the co- your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21-day jumpstart to fulfilling or re-identifying purpose and whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. We could end the show right there because I think, I mean, honestly, like just thinking about that, I think about in my own personal life, the times that I was trying to hold on to what I was so familiar with and what I had become comfortable with, even though I know that it no longer served me, even though I knew there was greater for me, it was like so much comfort and security in it because at least I knew the results. But if we're ever going to be able to let go and fly, we have to be willing to embrace that unknown. So let's talk about that unknown. Let's talk about your personal journey. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. You can go as far back as you would like to go to how you got to who you are today, your own personal transformation. Thank you for the opportunity to share. So, um, so let me first start off by saying that, um, so today, one of, um, you know, my, my main missions in life is to work with individuals who have experienced trauma and give them hope that, um, they'll be able to come out on the other side of their deepest and darkest times, um, and, and not only survive, but, but thrive, um, after some of their most devastating experiences in life. And, and, the reason I'm so passionate about doing this work is because I experienced many, many dark years in my life and just thought that that's what life was, was just, it's just a painful experience. And so I um, experienced a lot of trauma during my childhood and particularly my adolescent years. And, um, and I just, and a lot of the, the trauma I experienced was at the hands of people that I was supposed to trust and that were supposed to love me, but instead they hurt me. And, um, and then when I was 24, I finally found a man, the first man who like made me feel that I was lovable and who just loved me in ways I never imagined. And then a year later, I found him dead. And I just, you know, my one bright light just went out. And so here I had I'd been so scared about like what was lurking around every corner because for years I had experienced so much pain. And then I got this glimmer of hope, this man who brought so much joy into my life and love into my life. And then 
like that, just in one day he's gone. And, um, and my world just came crashing down at that moment. And I, I reached some very low points. I wasn't bathing for days. I couldn't work. I, I was just, I, in many ways, just falling apart. And, um, and what happened is that, you know, my, cause I wasn't work, my work wasn't working at that time. My mother was, um, supporting me financially during that time in a time where she wasn't really didn't have the means to do so, but she did. But, um, I just kept falling further down, like, and I was becoming more self-destructive. And finally she put her foot down and said, enough is enough. Stephanie, um, you have to get help or I'm not going to be able to continue to support you. Um, and that was of course very hard for me, but it was actually one of the best things that she could have ever have done for me because I don't. I don't even know if I would still be here today if it wasn't for her drawing the line in the sand. And when she drew that line in the sand for me, I had to do some deep reflection and look to see if I wanted to stay where I was at or if I wanted to get out. And what I decided is I wanted to get out. And what that meant is I had to create a plan to get out. And so I couldn't just go right from, you know, um, not working to just working and, you know, um, and functioning every day if I was barely surviving. So I had to like literally little steps at a time had to begin the healing process. And so what I did every day is I set small goals for myself in my journal. I would write my goals for the day and they were very simple. And I say, quote unquote, simple, because for me, they were very difficult. But my initial goals were to bathe, <laughs> you know, were to brush my teeth, were to take out the trash and and what something happened once I started doing some of that basic self care again, what it did is it started, I started to feel better. And as I started to feel better, I became more confident um, that I could move on after this devastating loss. And um, as I started to take care of myself, I was able to start working and going back to school. And eventually, um, I found myself in teaching on the college level and I found I was, I was really good at it. And I spent, um, 12 years teaching, um, mostly anatomy and physiology. So about the human body. And what I started to do from my years of learning and teaching about the human body is I started to see how resilience shows up in nature and how it shows up in our body and about how there are so many examples in nature and in our own bodies of how immense stress can actually result in immense growth. So take our muscles, for example. Our muscles actually can't grow unless there it experiences micro traumas, unless it is it like has extreme stress placed on it. And um and there's many examples of this in our body. And so what I started to see is that um really that and I was what happened over time is I was able to start reframing my trauma. And instead of looking at 
all that I had lost and all that would never be, I started to look at how strong I must be to have survived it all. And, um, and I just, I wanted to start spreading that message of hope because, you know, people who see me today that don't know my story only see, you know, the person with a PhD and, you know, this, you know, great career and a great home and great relationships. And I travel the world. They see this person and they don't realize what it took to get to this point. And they just assume that I've been gifted with all of these things and they don't realize the actual struggle that it took to get to this point. And, um, and so what I've done is I've become much more vulnerable in sharing my story with people so that they know that on their deepest and darkest days, that one, you know, there is a light and, you know, day always follows night. So to know that the light is coming, that day is coming, but also that, um, that it is possible for them to live a beautiful life on the other side of their trauma. And so that's why I started my coaching practice, Saratanus Life, um, and wrote my book, Transformation After Trauma, um, to give people, um, the tools that I used um, to be able to heal so they can incorporate them into their own life. So much to unpack, so much to unpack, unpack. I want to start with, because you said something that I know a lot of people can relate to, and they may not relate to it in the sense of that it was a person that they found that had passed away. But it may have been a circumstance, a situation, maybe it was a job, you know, maybe it was the support of a local system and then they had to be transplanted to another space. Going through all of that, like back during that time, and then here's your mother and your mother, as you said, she's supporting you, but then she got to the space where she understood that her support had to remain yet the execution of that support had to change. What was your mindset when she first came to you about the change in the support? Was it ever a time you felt like, oh, wow, now she's against me, or here it is, my world is just ending now? Is it ever a time you dealt with that? And if you did, how did you get yourself to understand and begin to shift your perspective in relationship to that? So, yeah, for um, it's interesting. I, I've been reflecting on this quite a bit because my my second book is coming along really well. And I I open up the book with that story and I actually title the introduction enough is enough um, for, you know, when she said that to me and and how difficult that was for me. And I was, um, I'll be honest and say I was very suicidal at that time. And part of me just wanted to just say, well, you know, my mother's giving up on me. And so what, what's the point to keep going? And, um, but what it, what I did is over the next few days, I didn't leave my house or anything for like four days after that. And, um, and what I did is I really started to think about, you know, how hard 
that must have been for her to do that, to to draw that line in the sand and say, I'm not going to help you unless, you know, you stop self-destructing and you start getting help. I realized that that must have been um that would have it must have been extremely painful for her to do, especially knowing that I was um I was I was struggling with even wanting to survive. But what she she had to make decision is like because I wasn't doing it, even though I had reached that really low point, I had I wasn't getting the help. And part of it was that I had unfortunately found myself with a therapist that um sort of re-traumatized me in many ways. And so I was scared of getting help and I really didn't know where to turn. And so I looked at like, just not only how difficult that must've been for her, but also like, do I just had to ask, like I was sat there and reflected on everything that was happening in my life at that time. And I was drinking all the time. I had put on an immense amount of weight. Um, I mean, I just, I mean, I had sleep apnea and high cholesterol before the age of 30. And, um, and I just, I was, I was just falling apart and realized that I, I had a choice. She was giving me a choice. I could either, you know, keep falling down further. Um, or she was, she was giving me the option to get out. And what I had to realize that this was a lifeline that she was extending to me. And I really have always believed that the universe works in certain ways and, and people and circumstances are, are brought into our life for a reason. And I feel like at that moment, it, it was, she came at a really critical point. And I, again, I don't know. If I, I really don't think I would still be here if she didn't do it. And so I really am grateful every single day, um, that she was willing to be immensely uncomfortable and, and, and cause herself pain for, you know, to have herself like do this. It was really hard for her. And I am again grateful every single day that she, was, you know, dealt with that discomfort to save me, you know? So powerful because we need positive reinforcement in our life like that. We don't need people that's going to, you know, baby us, you know, through that process the entire time. We need people that are going to allow, allow us to go through the process. And then when it's time to say, okay, now you have more strength inside of you. And that's what I love about it is, that she was able to recognize the strength that was in you, even though you may not have seen it at that time. And we all need people with that x-ray vision that can see past everything that we're presenting to them at that moment and begin to look internally at what has been inside of us the entire time. Now, here's something else you said that I think is extremely important. You said you started setting simple goals, simple goals. Have you seen that a lot of people get discouraged throughout their process because the goals that they're setting are not realistic for them? And if I'm a person that's not, that I've, if I'm a person that's setting unrealistic goals, how do I begin to take a step back and begin 
to bring forth or to create realistic goals that are obtainable for me, and yet at the same time challenge me to grow and develop. Are you enjoying today's episode? I can hear y'all now saying yes, yes, getting hype. I see it. I already see it. Now, another question. Would you rather experience these episodes without ads? Some of you, I know you would. So guess what? We've created an ads-free program for you. So I want to get that information to you. So here's what I want you to do. Text ADS-FREE to 302-208-9440. Enjoy the rest of the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I am your trusted voice of transformation. I teach creators how to transform their lives through embracing the entirety of their best self. Cliff, what's my best self? My best self is when I gather the energy from my past, gather the energy from my future, merge it with the energy of my present, create that synergy, name that synergy what? Best self. Why is it my best self? Because all of my energy now is present in this moment. I can take advantage of tools, techniques, strategies that are be released, released to me. I can take advantage of opportunities that are afforded to me. Why? Because I am present. If you want to talk more about the best self or you, or you want to be involved in the community that we are building and we are developing, I want you to text the word transform you to 302-208-9440. So this is a very common issue um, that uh, many people have is that they just, they set goals that are really unreasonable in the, in the, see, like, it's one thing to say, so I'm an avid hiker and mountain climber. Um, and it's one thing to say you want to climb Mount Everest, for example, but depending where you're at, um, physically and mentally, um, that may be potential years away. And so, or let's even take a, another kind of goal, going and getting your doctorate or starting a business. All of these things can be potentially multi-year goals. And, but you've got so many days and hours and minutes in between those, that time frame of reaching that goal that it's, it's going to be so easy to give up if you don't break it up into small steps. And so what I encourage people to do is whenever they're looking at these, these bigger goals, if they find at any point in time they're wanting to give up, that I, I really encourage them to think about what is a micro win that you could achieve. So like, for example, if you are, I'm just, I guess I'm going to stick with mountain climbing right now. If you want to climb a huge mountain, um, what can you do? Like, what is one thing that you can do today that will just get you just even a little bit closer? Could it be that you go out for um, a walk or a jog or run? Or maybe it's that you look up 
the kind of boots that you would need or, you know, something, you know, if it's you going back to school, you know, looking at where you're at now and what is one thing that you could do today. Um, not something that can happen years from now, but literally one thing that you can do today that will get you even just one little step closer. And then what I encourage people to do is look at then the next day. What is one more thing that they can do that day and literally just chunk it down into day tight compartments and then as you start getting momentum, maybe you can start setting like a week goal. Like this week, I'm going to, you know, if you're developing a business, you know, you're going to spend X amount of time on your on your business plan or on your website this week and, and tracking it. And but anytime you start losing your momentum and you start getting discouraged, I think it's always going back to, okay, what is the one thing that I could do today that will make even just a small difference? And it's really important. Like another book I love is The Compound Effect. And uh, why I love The Compound Effect is it's it's based on this whole concept that um, just small little steps that we take every single day can accumulate over time to drastic changes. And, you know, and I know people want to achieve everything like right now. Um, but I think it's important to like always step back and, and recognize that that's just many times not possible. And instead, just chunking it down into what's manageable in this one moment that you can do, you know? Now, one more thing I want to talk about before we transition. You said something that I think is very important because we're at a space in time where a lot of people are seeing the value of therapy. Okay. But you talked about your situation, about your experience with a therapist that re-traumatized, you know, you caused you to revisit some of your traumas, not in such a positive manner. How does one pick the right therapist? And there may not be an answer to that. I've, I was blessed that my first encounter with one was spot on. But how does one begin to navigate to a therapist that they need for the type of trauma that they've been through? So, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's things that you can, especially in today's climate there. I mean, the therapists are so tapped out. So many it's. um it's like, who can you get access to um, is the bigger issue. And I think when people are trying to find supports like a therapist, I think you need to be open to the idea that the first therapist you meet with or the second or the third even might not actually work out. And I don't say approach your first or second or third therapist with the expectation that it will be an immense fail, but just be open to the idea that not everyone's going to be a good fit for you. I mean, you're sharing some very intimate details of your life um, with these individuals, and you have to really feel um, connected to them. And so 
Um, you know, and I don't even think it's about finding someone even necessarily that specializes, like in my case, in trauma. Do you know the therapist that has served me the best is not, she doesn't specialize in trauma. But the reason I love her so much is because she has always acted as a partner in my journey. She's never been one of these um, clinicians that act as though she is like, you know, the holder of all answers and she's going to guide me, you know, um, she's always instead walked side by side. I just felt like she was a partner with me and she never pushed me faster or farther than I was ready to go. And I don't really think that there was anything on her profile because I was actually the one I found was the one that my mother, when she told me enough is enough, you have to get help. She had given me a name of a therapist. My sister had asked around and this person, this person that she gave to me when she said enough is enough is actually the therapist that changed everything for me. And, and again, when they were looking for her, and if you look at her profile today, there is nothing that screams out loud and said, she is the perfect person for somebody who's experiencing trauma. Um, but you know, I took a chance and it ended up being, she was just perfect for me. And, and so I think it's, um, important to be open to people with different backgrounds and, and that they don't necessarily have to have in many ways all of these credentials to be of benefit because a lot of times all we're needing is a partner to share our life experiences with and somebody who can be a witness to our story and can be an objective observer and who has distance from it. So I don't really think that necessarily takes people with um, experience other than being able to sit with somebody and be able to be an empathetic witness for them. And so, yeah, I guess it's really just about, um, I guess it's a lot of trial and error and not giving up if you find somebody who is not good for you. You know, just making that break when you realize that it's not a healthy fit and just being open to trying someone else out that might be a better fit for you. Definitely great advice. Now we're going to transition. And I want to talk about the, I want to talk about your business. But before we talk about your business, well, I guess it's a segue into talking about your business. I want you to share with us your ideal client. Oh, interesting. So you guys know, again, this is a completely different interview tonight. So it's really um, wonderful, actually. I was like, oh, I'm getting different kinds of questions. My ideal client. So my ideal client. Um, so I am not a clinician. So I am not a therapist. Um, and so I do not specialize. I am not for people who have just experienced trauma and are looking for somebody to process the trauma with. I am a life coach. And so what coaches do is they help you identify where you want to be 
and figure out a plan to get you from where you are currently to where you want to be. So how do you fill in those gaps? So coaches don't do little to no work of going backward. They look at where you're at right now and where you want to be and help you devise a plan to get there. And so for me, um, my ideal client would be somebody who has experienced trauma, uh, trauma, um, or extreme hardship in their life. Um, and they are overall surviving every day. You know, they're working, um, they have relationships, um, and they're, they're overall functioning in day to day life, but they're not really feeling like they're living the life that they want to live and they feel they're being held back in some way. And they feel that it's likely their, their traumatic experiences that have helped them, held them back. And so, but, and they want to like break that chain and have that, you know, the trauma stop holding them back from the life they're wanting to live. And so those are the clients that I work with where they're, they're functioning, but they could do better. And so we work on the belief systems, um, that are holding them back and, and really reframing their experiences, um, so that they can move forward. So I guess I'm also need clients that are, that want to move forward and want to experience life in a way that's different than what they're experiencing now. That's great. That's great. Yes, it is. I just go with the flow. Like I feel a different flow tonight. So that's why it's like totally different than the other night, mm-hmm. but that's the flow that I feel tonight. So let's talk about your business. Now I want you to tell us how you came up with the name of your business, mm-hmm. the whole concept of your business. And then we're going to talk about your book. All right. So, so again, my business name is, is called Serotonous Life. And, um, a lot of people are like, Stephanie, why did you choose a word in your business that people don't even know how to pronounce or they've never even heard of? Like people think that was an immense fail on my part, but I am like dug my heels into the ground and I'm, I'm sticking with it because, um, it's, um, deeply meaningful to me. And so, um, again, I, I, I've been a biology professor for many years. And so serotony is a, is a biological concept. And, um, if you look at my business logo, it's got a pine cone in it. And it's because there are pine cones that are considered to be serotonous cones. And serotonous cones are found on um, trees like um, the giant sequoias out in the West Coast, in the West Coast in the United States. And what's interesting about um, trees like giant sequoias that have serotonous cones is that they can only open these cones and release their seeds if they experience an environmental stressor like fire. And so the giant sequoias are actually the largest trees on earth and they're threatened with extinction right now. And the reason, one of the reasons they're um, being threatened with extinction is because of the years that humans prevented forest fires from moving through. We thought we were protecting these beautiful giants from trauma, 
but really what we were doing by protecting them from what we perceived was traumatic and harmful to their survival, we were actually preventing their future growth because we didn't allow them to experience hardship. They weren't able to release their seeds and experience new growth. Are you enjoying today's episode? I know you are. Are you tired of me interrupting you with ads? I get it. I understand. So now we offer an experience for our listening audience to listen to our conversations without any interruptions. That's right. We now offer an ad-free version of every episode. And for you to take advantage of that, I want you to text ADFREE to 302-208-9440. Again, 302-208-9440. Some people define stagnation as not producing. We sometimes miss where stagnation can show up as us producing, but producing at a level or in a dimension that's disrespectful to one, our creator, and number two, us as a creator. From stagnation to transformation causes you to look at yourself internally and say, am I producing at a level that serves justice to my ultimate creator and me, the creator? For more information about the book, text transformation to 302-208-9440. Why I chose this concept of Sarah life for my business is because many of us, especially after we experience trauma, spend an immense amount of energy trying to prevent other hurtful experiences in the future, you know, because we're afraid of experiencing more pain. But in reality, some of our greatest struggles trigger some of our most immense growth in our life. You know, and I have experienced um, a lot of what people consider success in my life, and they're surprised at how young I accomplished a lot of what I have in my life. And I really look at all that I've done and all that I've experienced and at the age I experienced it all. And I, I know that it's in direct proportion to my trauma. Like, I feel that the more struggle you have to endure the greater the reward is going to be on the other side of it. And, um, and so I encourage people instead of trying to resist the struggle to embrace the struggle and what could happen on the other side. And you have to know, it's not like I say, you know, I welcome trauma in my life, but I, I don't spend an immense amount of energy resisting, um, circumstances that are completely out of my control in many ways. And so, um, so that's why I chose my business name. And it's also why I chose my book title to be transformation after trauma. Um, because it's, it's again, what I feel is completely possible after really stressful experiences is, is a transformation. First to the business name, 
<laughs> to have put so much thought and detail into it. Like, as you were explaining it, I was like, wait a minute. We are them pine cones. And sometimes we have been, I always talk about how sometimes the people that love us think they're protecting us mm -hmm. because they don't want us to experience trauma. They don't want us to experience hurt, disappointment. So they say, you know, just go to high school, go to college, get you an everyday job, you know, live a comfortable life, not realizing that there is so much inside of us that is that we're ready to explore. But sometimes we buy into that concept that was so powerful how we felt we thought we were helping them by preventing those forest fires. But in the long run, we actually were stopping them from growing. That's mm -hmm. something to really think about. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, even in my own personal life, like who have I stopped some people from growing yeah. based upon that? That is so powerful. Now, you talked about nature and the human body. I'm big on grounding. I am a avid grounder. I feel like we don't touch nature enough to understand the cycle of life. Like, I don't think that we really have grasped that concept. And as I said, I'm big on grounding. I'm big on meditation and other things as well. But grounding is so important to me because... I don't know how to explain it, but it's like when you are touching nature, when you become one with nature, it's almost like you have a new sense of life. Is that how you feel at times when it comes to nature and the human body? And how did you develop that love for that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel immersing ourselves in nature is one of the most therapeutic things that we can do. And, um, actually, um, after, you know, my mother put her foot down and I had to figure out how I was going to heal part of my, I don't say part of it, a huge part of my healing journey, uh, was hiking. And, um, and every week, you know, um, I, I, <laughs> I spent uh, at least once a week, I would be out, um, for a full day in nature and it, it in many ways helped me to transform my life because what it, well, I think nature teaches us so much. It helps us to one, remove us from our, the trap we get into in our mind, um, but it also, you know, we get to see new life and, and just the, the sensations that we can experience from the changes in temperature and the wind and the, the sounds and the birds and the leaves. And, and it gives us a sense of connectedness to something greater than ourselves. And I think that's how we can sometimes lose hope is when we feel that we're just sort of meandering through this world, um, isolated and on our own. And I really feel, at least I have experienced myself that when I'm in nature and I really feel connected to it, I feel that I'm part of something bigger than myself. And there's immense 
power in nature and just seeing life abounding around me um, and to see resilience. You know, the biologist in me loves seeing resilience in nature. Like I love studying trees. I love looking at tree roots and how trees will navigate around roots, um, how their roots will navigate around obstacles like rocks or other trees and how they will bend um, and twist and turn to access sunlight. And in many ways, they're immovable, but what they do is they still do what they need to to survive. And in by immersing myself in nature, I got to see that if trees, for example, that aren't able to escape their circumstances in many ways, if they figure out a way to survive, then I can survive as well. And so it's, it's the grounding, it's the being connected to something greater than myself and also the reminders of resilience in nature and knowing that all living things like the biologist in me knows that, um, on a very basic level, all living organisms share the same common elements. And if resiliency can be seen in plants, it can also be seen in animals like ourselves. And, and it really, it, it changed, changed my life being in nature. And that's why still even today, I make sure that, um, I spend at least one day every week where the majority of it is spent, um, immersed out in nature. But I don't think that everybody needs to do that. We can do that by just even going out for a walk or just sitting out on the porch and breathing fresh air and taking a moment to listen to the sounds and feel, you know, feel nature, you know, the temperature and smells and the sound, you know, sounds and sights and just take it in. Um, and just, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful way to experience life by experience other, by experiencing other life around you. Totally agree. I totally agree. I, I, and as you said, it, it makes you feel connected to something greater than you. And I know that in, even in my loneliest moments, if I can get out in nature, I guess because it's being connected to that greater than me at that moment, that, that loneliness is gone. Like it, it's like, I'm, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it is, it has been truly pivotal for my life, you know? So I'm big on it. And like you said, I tell people, you don't have to do it the way that I do it. And I don't do it the way that other people do it, you know? So you just have to find your space with it. And you didn't get to hear our introduction. You'll get to hear it when uh, your show airs. One of the first things I have everybody do is to breathe in, hold it, breathe out. Breathe in, hold it, breathe out. Because it brings you present to where you are right now. You're not worried about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You are present. And I think that's what nature has done for me. It has calmed me and brought me present. So. Now, here's what I want to ask you. You've talked a little bit about your book. I want to give you space to talk a little more about your book. And I want you to tell me why I should purchase <laughs> your book. So um, my main audience is, of course, um, aimed towards individuals who have experienced um, tremendous uh, tremendous hardship in their life, but it's really a tool for anybody who's, who's just feeling that life is just testing them. Um, 
and pushing their limits and, and they're really just needing different tools for experiencing life, you know, in a different way than they are now. And um, in my book, I do share um, uh, my experiences as far as my traumas, but I try very hard. I tried very hard when I was writing the book to not take people too deep into any of my traumatic experiences. I just wanted to go far enough so they could understand um, where I was at and um, and the level of pain I was experiencing so they could understand why the tools I used were so beneficial. And so what I do is I filled the book um, with all sorts of tools that I used, like meditation and hiking and yoga and creative expression um, and journaling and just so many things that brought me relief. Um, and, and I talk about, um, why they were so useful to me and how people can incorporate them into their own life. And, and really my book is, it's not about bringing people into darkness. It's about showing them the light that's possible after immense pain. And so really I tried to keep my book, um, very hopeful, um, throughout. And so it's really for anybody who's needing a shot of hope and, and tools for being able to navigate difficult days. And, and, and what's interesting is tools I use, the tools I use change throughout my life. And so I wanted to give people a variety of tools because what works for one person may not work for another. And what may work at one point in your life may not work at another point. And so um, so yeah, I really, um, just give a lot of tools and, and I encourage you to, to check it out. And, um, I have three versions, ebook, uh, paperback and audiobook, and they're found on all the major book platforms, but probably the easiest place to go would be Amazon because it has all three versions. Um, so you can type in transformation after trauma and the subtitle is embracing post-traumatic growth. And, um, yeah, and reach out to me if you have any questions along the way once you're reading. Awesome, awesome. Now, we are here at the end of our conversation, so here's what I want to do. I want to give you an opportunity to give everyone your social media handles, your website, how they can contact you if they're looking for a life coach. I also want you to give us, I want you to take us home with something that's going to get us up out of our seat and have us motivated, ready to run on after what we've experienced in life. Mm. So probably the best place to reach me, the easiest would be Facebook. It's my most used um, platform. Um, and it'd be easiest to type in my name, Stephanie M. Hutchins, PhD. Um, but you can also um, find me on Facebook at Serotonous Life. Um, and on, but on Facebook, you'll see, um, my website is serotonouslife.com if you have trouble spelling it. Um, and, and yeah, I'm on Instagram and Instagram and LinkedIn as well, but, um, Facebook and my website, best places to reach out to me. And I guess to, you know, I'm going to approach it a little different than just, you know, just movement. I think what I want to say is that what's even more important than movement is just 
being patient with yourself and meeting yourself where you're currently at. And it's so easy for the rest of the world to tell us the pace at which we should be moving and where we should be at at different stages in our life. And I think what what you should do is really look at, you know, where are you at now? And, and where do you, you know, where are you at? And are you happy there? And if you're not, you know, what is one thing that you can start doing today? And what I tell people is if, if they're not sure where to start and what aspect of their life, career, you know, family, friends, I say to pick health. You know, because if you don't feel well, you're not going to do a good job in really any aspect of your life. So I encourage you today to make, take one step that can improve one aspect of your life. And again, if you're not sure what area, pick health. And in that one area of health, pick one part of health. So pick your sleep, pick the level of, you know, your water intake, you know, what you're eating, whatever, pick one thing and make one improvement to it today and just something that'll benefit you and don't make it big. You know, if you're um, only getting six hours of sleep a night, try six and a half hours tonight. You know, if you're not exercising at all, go for a five or 10 minute walks, just something small that you can do. But again, what I can't say it enough to be patient with yourself in whatever path you're on. Um, because none of our paths to reaching any goal are linear and there's going to be, you know, hills and valleys and you're going to get bumps and bruises along the way. And, and so just, um, be patient with yourself and be patient with the process along the way. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on tonight and your willingness to come back and join us again on tonight. I assure you, we did record tonight, so you don't have to worry about me. <laughs> Try to get you to come back on again for a session. We actually did get this one recorded, but thank you so much to the listening audience. Thank each and every one of you. I appreciate you. Without you, there would be no podcast. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for subscribing. I thank you for leaving your feedback. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word transformation to 302-208-9440. Again, 302-208-9440. All right. Listen, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Well, there you have it. That's today's episode of the Multidimensional Intelligence Podcast. If you want to be notified of all future episodes while having access to previous episodes, simply subscribe to your preferred listening platform. Also, if you feel inclined, leave us a five-star rating and review. For those who want to remain connected to me and all things that I have going on, text me at 302-208-9440. Again, 302-208-9440. Until next time, peace.